0: Blob Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Zach Van Norman with Once Upon a Fan. We are bringing you our very first podcast tonight, so I'm very excited to be Joining you today is your host. Um, joining me tonight will be our uh, evil queen of reviews, Amy. Amy, are you there? Do we have Amy yet? Maybe not. Maury, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here.
0: All right, we've got Maury, our movie trivia maven. How you doing, darling?
1: Good. How are you tonight?
0: Doing pretty good as well. Thank you very much for asking. Appreciate it. And uh, we've also got Teresa Martin, who is our beta editor and also one of our Origins authors. Are you there, Teresa?
2: Um, I'm here. I don't. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you just fine. No problem.
2: Fantastic. Great to be here.
0: Awesome. Cool. Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you guys again, rather. I guess I'm not seeing you quite yet. That's in 34 days, I think it is. So, anyways, here we go. All right, so we're going to get into uh, the news roundup first. Uh, Amy, do we have you yet?
3: Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me now?
0: Yep, I can hear you now. There you are. How are you doing?
3: Yay! Fabulous.
0: All right, cool. So here we go with the first podcast. Um, Forget us, everybody. We are, you know, it's our first time out. So if it's not exactly perfect, you know, we'll get the hang of it eventually. But it'll be perfect the first time out. So let's get into the news roundup for the last week, Um, you know, just stuff that's happened in the once-upon-a-time world. Uh, The first item that we have is the engagement of Jenny Goodwin and Josh Dallas. Congratulations to them.
2: Does everybody think about that? Yes.
3: (laughs) That even made the Orlando Sentinel paper. We actually, just inside our front page the other day, there was a picture and a whole little blurb about Berrydale coming true because, you know, Jenny's here so often for because of Disney she's such a Disney freak and she's down here all the time so I thought it was neat to kind of see that and see the little picture of them
0: yeah I think it's awesome I'm like this is the like one of the sweetest stories you know ever like Snow White and Prince Charming are getting married in real life like are you kidding me with this like <laughs> you know like it's just oh my god it's just so it's the sweetest thing ever i so, like they're just so cute I love them so yeah I just yeah. I'm a big Snowing fan you guys know that so yeah so I just think that's awesome all right, and then the next item of business we've got is the New York City Comic-Con with the Once Upon a Time panel that had the Swan Queen herself, Jennifer Morrison, and then also the producers and creators of the show, Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horwitz. And they talked about a couple of things, uh, a couple of different items. So let's just touch on those really quick. First of all, Regina's new love, which, of course, we know was in this week's episode, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um let me see, Emma will be kissing somebody soon, so that could be, you know, obviously Neil or Hook. What do you guys think about that little tidbit?
1: Hmm. Could be interesting. Yeah, I'm I, voting for Neil.
2: I'm a Neil <laughs> file, uh, a Swanfire girl. I really want to see some Neil, uh, Emma kissing.
3: I yeah, I'm with, it you, with you on that. Too. Yeah, but I think it's going to be interesting because, I mean, they kind of make it seem like uh, Hook was a little bit of a father figure to, you know, Balfire Neil for a while while he was in Neverland. So I think that's going to make a really interesting conflict now that everybody's there because this is almost like a stepfather, son, and, you know, girl that they're both interested in now. So I think that's going to be really interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree, because it's going to, I mean, that's just a, a fun dynamic. I'm hoping that it's going to be Neil. You know, also, obviously, I'm a big swan choir person. You guys, I mean, everybody, anybody who's listening to this show right now who knows us at all, you guys know who I'm going to be rooting for, obviously. So, anyway. Yes. Um, and that Exactly, yeah, it leaves hook for everybody else. And who knows, like, there could be somebody for him still. You know, you never know. So him and Pete kind of shared a look with each other, i got to say, but we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, so then the next thing that they talked about at New York was um, the quote they said was, it's a journey to a dress for Emma, but eventually she will get there. So I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting that she's working her way up to a princess gown. What do you girls think about yeah. that?
3: I'm excited about that because I love, 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 all of Eduardo's, especially his fairy tale costumes. Everybody knows I'm a freak for mm. Regina's outfits. You know, all yeah, the yeah. clean things are so good and you know snow's outfits have been really great too so like the more outrageous and feathers and sparkles i'm all over that so i'm excited to see where Emma ends up with her fairy tale dress
2: yeah of course as the saw... origins of oh i see the origins of no, no, I'm, i immediately um thought of it as been, being very symbolic you know maybe she won't end up in an actual dress but as far as the symbol of what the uh, fairy tale princess dress means, you know, wearing the trappings of it, being more her accepting it uh, within herself um, rather than maybe actually putting on a dress. Though so, of course we would love to see uh, Jennifer Morrison in a lovely dress. Uh, as sure. that I, I, I really geeked out on the symbolism of uh, what that um, royal garb would mean.
3: I hope it has swan feathers and. <laughs> White and yeah, dress. I wanted
0: to, you know what, that's funny, <laughs> I wanted to end up in Snow White's wedding dress, that's what I want, because the white swan feathers, I mean, you can't get more perfect than having Emma, like, in that dress, like, Mary Can like, that's what I want to have happen, because it's just, it's just right. <laughs> perfect, anyways, that's, that's what I think, so the next thing that they talked about is that we're going to see Storybrooke from the moment that Jolly Roger went through the portal, and what happens with Belle, you know, after she and Max was to protect everybody, and, you know, kind of the thing with Storybrooke there, so, you know, that's coming on down the line, too, um, Kind of want to get through a couple more of these lineups so we can get on to the to discussing this week's episode. Um, They also, of course, said that we're going to be seeing Ursula, finding out who she is, uh, which we've known that's been coming, and you guys know who I think about that. So, you know, that's that's (laughs) one of my very first theories. So I'm stoked about that because I thought in the very first season who I knew thought that it was that it was the nurse indeed. So I'm, 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 man, I, you know, I'm rooting for that one. If I'm wrong, that I'm wrong, but man, that would be so awesome. Anyways. And then, uh, does anybody else have an idea who who that would be?
1: No, yeah, I think we're pretty much on on the same line. Like, we think, you think who she is. Okay.
3: Yeah. Cool. Sweet. I think because right. of that and line in next- Skin Deep,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then also, they, of course, said that, you know, Adam and Eddie said that they would love to see new characters, but only to serve the story, so... You know, we'll we'll see who comes down the pike. They did say, you know, Rapunzel is somebody on their mm-hmm. list. So, but they have so many people they could bring in. Really, I mean, the possibilities are so endless. I just I'm ex- I do not care who they bring in. I'm just excited to see what happens with you know, any of it. Right. All yeah. right. So let's get to a discussion about this week's episode, which was quite a common fairy, um, which I thought was fantastic. I'm, I'm sure. But what would you guys think about that? Let's start with Amy. What do you think? Our evil queen of reviews.
3: I liked it a lot. In general, I thought that it was a really good episode. I think season three has started off very, very strong, and we're all huge fans of the show anyway, but I'm excited to see how strong, you know, these first three episodes have been, and I really did enjoy this week's episode a lot.
0: Awesome. Sweet. What about you, uh, Teresa? What did you think about this week's episode in general?
2: Oh, It's easily, easily the best episode so far of uh, season two, and they've been very strong. And I actually cannot believe, yeah, I can't believe, yeah, season three, thank you. Maybe that was a bit of a (laughs) Freudian split, because a lot of this we wanted to see in season two. But I, and I almost can't believe I'm saying this, that one of my favorite episodes is the one that did not have Rumpelstilts uh, or at least Mr. Gold in it. You know, he wasn't, all my other episodes that have been my favorites have been Rumple centered but of course this was Regina-centered and, oh my goodness, Tinkerbell just blew me away. I went into it completely cold. I've not been watching or seeing any of the previews. I've been trying to stay uh, cold as I come into these episodes. And with the first few moments, I was, this is just a perfect casting for this role, and she just fit it like a glove, um, and um, I, I felt so horrible for her, uh, especially toward the end, a very, very strong episode, a very uh, dramatic, and everything that we love about uh, Once Upon a Time w- uh, wasn't involved, mm-hmm. you know, we saw all the core characters, and we had a new character that really kind of grabbed my heart, I really felt badly yeah.
1: for her.
0: Awesome, uh, Maury. What did you think about it in general before we get onto the kind question?
1: Oh, oh, I loved it. I thought Tinkerbell was great. I loved her little New Zealand accent. And she was she was just perfect, and I loved all the uh, revelations of the episode, all the little reveals, and it's just it was great. I just loved it. Awesome.
0: Possible. So let's get on to the roundtable discussion then. Um, these questions are going to be following the the uh, written ones that we normally do every week, but we're also going to talk about them on the podcast. So first one we kind of actually just kind of went through, you know, Tinkerbell being the main, you know, subject of discussion since it was about her, and she affected so much of the story. Um, I thought Tink was great. I love like, sh- her attitude, she was really spunky and i like that mm-hmm. because t- tink in the movie is kind of you know she is funky and kind of like don't you tell me what to do like and i really got that feeling you know from this tinkerbell i thought that she was fantastic and um yeah i think that you totally were right uh, teresa when you said that they did perfect casting i think that she was just she was every she was actually more than i was expecting tink to be she just i was i wasn't ex- i don't know what i was expecting but i wasn't expecting something that kind of kind of what I got. And I'm, su- I'm pleasantly surprised by that, actually. Like, I'm, I'm glad that I got something that was totally, totally different. Like, cause she had a soft side, but also was really funky, like I said. So there was that. All right. So right. let's get into the real kind of the meaty part of, you know, Pink's story, which was with Regina. And obviously that speech in, you know, that little cave area when Regina ripped out her own heart, oh my gosh. Um, uh, you know, her speech to her about anger and love and, and fear and everything like that. Um, what did you – I want to talk about that first. Um, Amy, so let's start with you. What do you think about that whole speech, and how do you think that affects, you know, Regina's chance of getting redemption and finding love again with all that?
2: Well,
3: I did just want to say, I I mean, I always liked the Tink character as far as Disney goes. I didn't actually expect to like her so much in this episode. I was worried that, you know, given the restraints of a one-hour – uh, episodic show that it was just not going to capture all that attitude. And I totally agree with all of you. Rose McIver is fantastic, and I was actually blown away by how much I liked her. I think Veronica Collins-Rooney, the casting director for once, has done an amazing job not just on Pink, but, I mean, just again, she keeps finding these people that sort of are these characters. As far as that speech between Regina and Pink Regina, I think in the moment, she really does mean it. I think that, you know, she everybody knows she loves Henry and she's going to do anything to save him. She was willing to give up her life before, you know, to make sure that he was okay and that he was saved. So I think in the moment that, yes, you know, she really believes this and she's going to do anything – but saying that, I definitely do not think that this is the end of Regina being our wicked, evil queen. And I don't think anybody wants oh, it yeah, to be because, yeah, because Mm-mm. I, I mean, uh, Regina, I love, love, love Regina, and I love her best when she is just at her worst, when <laughs> she's horrible and doing <laughs> devious, wicked, evil things. That's when I just really love Regina. So. I do think she does yeah, I'm with you on that. that. Yeah, I hope that she does, in the end, way down the road, when the show's, you know, coming to further out and getting to its closing. I hope that, yes, she has a happy ending and there's redemption for her, which I do think there will be. But along the way, getting there, I hope she's just devious and wicked and evil, and I love it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I, I'm expecting like as things get drawn out. I really like that moment when she stopped and said, you know, like Operation Henry. Uh, I thought yeah. that was really sweet. And, oh, you know, really played to her to her good side. But um, kind of touching on that subject, actually, um, I I find that the Robin Hood angle is going to be interesting for her. But let's not get into that yet. Um, let me see here. So, what did you think, Teresa, about the whole about her speech and you know her chances of redemption and and everything else?
2: Oh, I I, I loved it, and uh, I I liked almost the role reversal that um, Regina was almost speaking with Henry's voice at that time, and that I I almost can see maybe that Regina, um, maybe one we haven't seen, has been contemplating within herself all the things that her son has been saying, and I remember when she was talking to Tink, and going to drastic measures like pulling out her own heart. Uh, it so reminded me of when Henry just goes, "Fine, I'm gonna bite into this poisoned apple and and I'm gonna make you believe." And she did that. Um and I love that I feel like that Henry really um as the hope, you know, of, of the show and uh that it seems like it was she had really taken some of that no pun intended to heart and
0: and was showing her it's just as dramatic as that, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, Maury,
1: what I did you think so. about that whole thing? Uh, yeah, um, I agree with um Amy and all and Teresa that um Regina will probably end up being kind of like a mix, like the whole we are both. Like, she's both good, like, she can be good and then have her little sassy, bad side come out every once in a while.
3: Yeah. You know,
1: you do love her whenever she's bad. She's evil and everything. That's one of the things
3: I love about Regina, though, is that, and, and really, you know, many of the villains we've seen in the show, but it's not all black and white for them. You know, especially with Regina, we've really seen her soft side, And he's seen this evil side. So, I mean, she's so, like, right there. I mean, she's both sides, and she's not faking either thing. She really is that evil, and she really is that caring and loving. So Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome.
0: Right. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I have a bunch of notes about that, actually. Like, (laughs) that scene, I thought it was so funny. Like, I thought there were so many things that, that that was touching on. Like, first of all, like, her when it was the backstory and Regina is, like, afraid of approaching her, you know, approaching who ended up being Robin Hood. As we all know, Robin Hood is, you know, Regina's other true love. Um, I thought that, you know, what I caught it the second time that I watched it was that that totally parallels Mulan being afraid to approach Aurora, apparently. So um, I just want to talk about that really quick because it kind of was (laughs) bigger news, and I'm not really surprised by that. I'm actually pretty happy about that. Uh, yeah. I think it's
3: mm-hmm.
0: awesome to see that kind of thing on TV. And it's kind of wasn't really expected because they didn't really play on it too heavily in the second season. So um, does anybody want to chime in with an opinion on that whole thing at all?
3: I will. I mean, I, I've i seen so much reaction on the Internet. I've seen a lot of mm-hmm. people that, that didn't catch it because Mulan did ask for Philip, but then a lot of people didn't realize that right after Aurora said he's not here that Mulan said, Well that's okay. I'm here to see you and talk to you anyway and I noticed that several people didn't kinda really catch that. And then I've seen sadly I've seen some negativity and some hate. You know, I've seen some because of the fact that, you know, she's has feelings for Aurora, some people being negative about that. I've seen some people being really negative because it's not the character they wanted to be in a gay relationship, but I mean, I I'm married and I have kids, and as far as like the whole family value argument and stuff, my husband and I have absolutely no problem with our kids watching this show. Belong can be gay, straight, you know, by whatever, because. You know, I'm we're watching the show for the story. I don't choose a show because whether or not the characters are bi gay straight and I mean, my kids could go up probe to be gay. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't think watching a character on T V is gonna sway them one way or the other and it doesn't even matter. So I mean, I I kind of applaud the show. I think that they did take a little Disney, ABC, easy way out by not actually letting Mulan speak and say her, what her feelings were, but at the same time, I think that it's a good thing that they even opened that door for the show, and maybe later on down the season, or even in the future seasons, I hope that, even if it's not with Aurora, because, you know, Aurora and Philip clearly love each other. I hope that we do see Mulan get a happy ending. And, you know, if it's, you know, somebody else, another woman, another man, whatever, you know, <laughs> if I would really like to see right. her get a happy ending. And I feel like of all the episodes those two characters have been in, that two minutes was the most I have ever liked both of them. I thought they were both I, so I totally genuine. agree. Suddenly
0: in that moment, I, they became two of my favorite people on the show right. and i don't know why like all of a sudden i'm like okay i'm totally shipping sleeping warrior now like sorry so right. up. i've always loved sleeping beauty no offense to julian morris you're totally awesome dude but to be honest with you i want my girls to get together sorry that's how i feel
2: like
0: <laughs> it's just my opinion so i'm going to kind of bring it back to robin hood being Regina's true love because there's i had two notes on that because first of all I love that I really hope, because I'm a cheesy romantic person, I hope that they totally go for the angle of he's, like, going to steal her heart, right? Like, like mm-hmm. what, like, I just, yeah, like, especially since she ripped her own heart out, I was like, wow, wouldn't that be awesome foreshadowing of like, Regina's heart gets ripped out and then Robin Hood has to go, like, steal it back for her and that's, like, how they meet or something? Like, that would be, yeah, anyways, I just thought that would be sweet. And then um, the other note that I had was... um since he's, like, such a selfless person, right, and he's, like, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, like, how, that, that has such huge implications for Regina as a character, like, and how, because she's been the evil queen, like, how is, like, that's totally going to change things around for her a lot, and then the other thing too is that since he has a kid, and she would be, like, the stepmother again, like, would she be the evil stepmother (laughs) like she was to Snow White, or is she going to be good and actually do the thing and you know, like, be good. Like, I think it has such serious implications for her character on, you know, whether or not she can accept that or whether or not she goes bad. Because, Amy, I'm with you. I really want her to be evil in the end. But at the same time, I kind of want her to have a happy ending. So I mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless she does something drastic, I kind of want her to end up with Robin Hood. But yeah. know, we'll see how it goes, because you never know with her. her so
3: I, I would just, I don't want her to end up I'm I'm trying to think of the best way to word this because it's not, I'm not saying I don't, you know, I want her to be totally just evil, evil. I feel like she's really strong and powerful and sassy and smart. And in both characters, you know, both sides, the storybook side and evil queen. But I feel like she's like 10 times more so when she's evil queen. So I would like to see her get her happy ending and for things to work out and her to find her happily ever after but i want her to stay maybe not even evil is the right word i was i would like her to stay you know that smart witty strong uh, female character that we've seen especially when she's you know, kind of being wicked and sassy. I just don't want her to mellow out and, like, become a housewife, evil queen.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, I <laughs> <for fassiness. laughs> Like, cooking the evil bacon, as it were? Like, I got gotcha. you. Okay. I'm with yeah. you on that. Okay. <laughs>
2: All right, I mean, so well, getting guys, back to the um, – uh, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, – you know, as a, as a woman who, you know, has no problem with a woman being a housewife or, you know, uh, that a housewife can also be a strong uh, woman as well. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, you can be both. Um, and if there's anyone on this planet to, that I, uh, that Regina perhaps could be a housewife to or a partner with, uh Sean Maguire as Robin Hood. Um well he's just about perfect. I cannot say how much I uh, have really um let's just say admired uh this casting as, as Sean Maguire and, and it's not just the shallow part of me, just a little shallow part of me that maybe he happens <laughs> to be a rather attractive man. <laughs> um but also you know, the internet and uh, i mean you know I, so don't you know just say it's just um a, um not just a middle-aged woman crush going on here but also he he um uh, uh he, the the man is a very good actor you can tell and he's subtly developing a, a character that is uh, you know again a little bit of a twist on the robin hood yeah, he kind of was a little bit goody-goody, but on the other hand, I could really tell. Man, you don't mess with this Robin Hood. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't mess with him. You don't mess with his Mary Nim. You don't mess with his fam. You don't mess with his adorable little son. I mean, he has right. the uh, sorry with his toddler thing. I mean, it's like that is um that that is a very attractive thing um. To, to me, um, because also um, I, I see the whole theme of uh, Once Upon a Time a lot as being we just want to go home. And home can mean many different things to many different people. But certainly I see both Regina and uh, what we saw of Robin Hood, especially when he talked about losing his wife to a sickness, I believe, that, you know, they're also looking for home. And, uh, you know, it might look a little different, you know, maybe they'll be hanging out in hammocks in the forest, I don't know. But I really, when I saw her talking about her love for Henry, and then when he was, you know, so protective of, his uh, little toddler, it reminded me of when Regina was saying to Rumple, when uh, Rumpelstiltskin, when they were like, oh, let's send this little boy back into the red room. And she was like, no way. And Robin Hood was like, no, not with my toddler. And I'm like, oh, you know, I think they do have a lot in common mm. uh, through nice. that. Nice okay. catch.
0: Mm. Nice catch. Like it. Mm. I like it a lot, actually. All right, let's see here. So we're already, like, almost half an hour through this, and we still got to get to Wonderland and a bunch of other stuff. So let's continue the discussion here. Um, so let's get to Hook, because Tink is connected to Hook through all this, and they had a nice, you know, look there. So what do we think his personal mission is on this, aside from being, like, you know, comic relief and potential love interest? Like, is he still after the Dark One? Like, what is he? what do you guys think that he wants, or what do you gals, I suppose I should say, what do you think he wants out of this?
1: Mm. Well, I think he genuinely
3: think. has changed his mind. I I was just going to say, yeah. I, I think that after, aside from being fantastic eye candy, because can I just say, Colin O'Donohue, yum. <laughs> anyway, um, he, <laughs> I think he's honestly changed his mind. I don't think he's there for revenge. I think that it hit him when, I mean, he still thinks that Neil Salfire is dead. Um, I think that that hit him and that he's kind of, you know, he's the one that turned him over to Pan. In fact, you know, we saw in a previous episode, I kind of feel like now he's trying to make up for how he wronged this kid who was like almost like a stepchild to him or, you know, almost like a foster kid sort of like Emma was. You know, they were both displaced Mm. and lost and abandoned. And he was kind of a father figure for a little while before, he was again abandoned and I kind of feel right. like now he thinks Neil's dead and he's trying to, he is genuinely trying to make up for that and he really does want to save Neil's son and help Emma and the rest of our heroes get to, to Henry and to save him.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not after Rumple anymore, I don't think either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And me so, Emma, it's There seems good. to have
0: been a change. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter anyway because Rumpel's running around doing his own thing, so Hook couldn't catch him even if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And then really... and Rumpel's kind of. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, and yeah. Rumpel's wanting
1: yeah. to the die I anyway, that anyway, has been like so.
0: separated. Like I, whatever is going on with that part of the story. Like <laughs> I can't wait for next week's episode. But anyway, that's kind of jumping the gun here. Anyways, so um, mm-hmm. let's let me see here. So because I'm pretty sure that the whole hood, yeah there's so much god I love this show so much oh I just I could talk about it forever anyways um okay so um the whole fairy thing right the blue fairy um <laughs> that whole scene first of all okay let okay let's just get into this okay let's throw down because that whole scene of like blue and green that was totally adorable but then the blue fairy was being such a like she was not being a very nice person, okay? She was the, like, yeah. she's just looking at her and being like, I will be the one, I will be the judge of what is fairy like. I was like, oh, really, Miss Thing? Like, <laughs> I know that you're like the blue fairy, but like, what's up? Like, what's the deal here? I don't understand. Like, I'm excited to find out, but what's going on? Like, seriously, right now? Why, like, why are you looking down your nose at me and so stern? And then, and then. She strips Tink of her wings and sends her flying down to the ground. I'm like, are you serious? Could you be more heartbreaking right now, Blueberry? Like, I just exactly like rude. Like, oh my God, that's just crazy. I just thought it was nuts. I thought it was nuts. Clearly, can you hear my voice? So yeah, I, just, I was like, you've got to be, you've got to be kidding me right now with this. Like, I'm jumping off the couch. Like, you know. Well, anyways, you guys follow my tweets. You know what happens. So it's like watching a football with me. All
1: right,
0: so um, I also, you know, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, too, with that, well, anyways, before I jump back on that, Amy, what did you guys think of the fairies? What do you think?
3: I loved the things and the interaction between blue and green or, you know, tink. Blue, we kept calling her green because they go by the colors. Um, I, I really like Keegan, the actress who plays Blue, and I thought that she was so unfairy like in this episode that I mean I almost it almost made me like it more the interaction between them because now I kinda hope that she's up to something. Like I'm hoping she's not just being a not for lack of a better word, like she <laughs> is online right now. Um I hope that you know it almost seems she was very specific. You no, know, you know, you cannot help Regina. There's no redemption for her. She's evil. Don't talk to her. Anything. It almost seems like the opposite of what she would want because you would think that she would want Regina to find her happiness and come to her happy ending and find love and all that because that would have staved off the whole first thing that was coming, you know, in the future of that. But she was adamant that nobody helped Regina. So I really am kind of hoping that we get some good, juicy fairy twistiness there and that blue is maybe not so – Mother Superior, pious goody as we think she is. I hope there's there's something going on there, something devious. I could tell so you. Actually, oh, I, yeah, I, I
0: would
1: agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> was thinking about this question earlier today, and um, as for Blues' motives at, for not letting Regina get redemption, then if she had found you know happiness and been redeemed and everything. At that point, then Regina wouldn't have become so evil and wouldn't have cast the dark curse hmm. and sent everybody to Storybrook. So, why does Blue kind of makes me think? Why does Blue want the dark curse cast? Hmm. Oh
0: my gosh, Maury! I cannot <clears throat> believe you just said that. I really need to okay. get—I I really need to get my something put on the side right away. Maury. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, Teresa, <laughs> I need to send you. That reminds me, I need to send you the what I'm working on right now because it—it's exactly what she just said is the second half of my theory about the dark one and the shadow and everything. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's very. We'll have to get into that. I need to get that up, anyways, because I have a whole thing on on that, anyways. So, we're done with the first half hour. So, we're halfway through our show. I hope everyone who is listening is enjoying it so far. Um, Let's get into Wonderland a little bit because we did have the season premiere of that um, last week. And, you know, so let's get into that a little bit. So, in general, what did everybody think? Amy, I really want to get your opinion on this because you are a resident Alice in Wonderland lover. So, (laughs) what'd you think, girl?
3: Yeah. I am the resident Alice in Wonderland wackadoo. Anybody that follows me on Twitter or reads my tweets and Facebook, you all know that I've been collecting Alice in Wonderland things since I was very small. I'm a huge, huge freak for Alice in Wonderland. So I was so excited to get into the episode. I felt like I really wanted to like it. I wanted to love it because it was Wonderland, but I know myself, and I tend to have high expectations for things that are going to be Alice-centered so I kind of tried to go into it remembering that it's just an hour show. Don't hold such high standards. But having said that, I flipping loved this show. I felt like the first yeah. episode was a little fast, but I feel like, you know, they have to capture so many points right off the bat to get people invested in the story. But it had so many little just really little details, which you guys know that I love also. It's one of the things I loved about Once Upon a Time with the little hidden details and stuff that you might miss mm-hmm. the first time to catch it. I loved all Absolutely. that in Wonderland. the Easter
0: eggs. The, it's part of the fun of watching the yes. show or the Easter eggs. Yes, <laughs> yes.
3: And I feel like Wonderland had several of them. The, the Boiling Sea, like that came from the whole Walrus and the Carpenter poem from the Disney movie and from the original book and – you know Cinderella when we see her in Storybrooke, her keychain is a shoe. I was like, oh, oh
0: my God, I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Just a little. F- I yeah, I freaked, I freaked when Emma's bug was driving by. I was like, really? Like yes. that's awesome. And then when the, when they said, yeah, that that was Emma in the car, I was just like, okay. Well, you well clearly you're you know you're playing to my heart because I'm yeah I'm gonna be all over that, but. I loved it too. Yes. Like in the beginning, the way that it started with Alice like coming out of the ground wearing the dress from the animated movie, yes. I was like, okay, okay. Yes, yeah, that like, was adorable. Yes, check, please. Like I'm good. Like <laughs> totally, let's do this. Like yes. I, I would love that whole thing. And then the part, okay, the part with the marshmallows.
3: <laughs> I love the
0: part with the marshmallows.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, that was just. I mean, the whole
0: thing was just so much fun.
3: I felt like it was very clever. Like there was a lot of not just the Easter eggs, but a lot of the things that they included were very clever. Like the Malo Marsh, I thought that was really clever, and and you know just little the dragonflies, which you know I've seen in some other tellings in the story, but I just feel like they put a lot of clever things in the Red Queen's Palace, a seeing chest. Yeah, that Mm
0: -hmm. was was probably my favorite
3: visual. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, Cause I loved
3: that part. Art. I loved it. Yes, because the original stories, there's actually two. There's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and then Through the Looking Glass and what Alice found there. Those are the first, the original books from way back when. Well, the whole second book is themed about Alice trying to make it across the chessboard, which is actually Wonderland. The chessboard is Wonderland in order to make it to the last square of the chessboard so that she can become a queen and go home and find her happiness. So when they showed that palace and it was, like, all those chess pieces, I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's, I loved that. That was my favorite visual probably from the whole thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I loved it, too, because I thought it really played to the whole Red Queen, like, the aspect of her character. Like, just later on she said that it was, like, pieces and it was just setting a game up. And I was like, okay, so that's very telling about, her character and who she is and how she looks at everything. Like, she's very calculating and, you know, trying to keep all the ducks in a row. Like, when she was talking with Jafar, who the awesome Naveen Andrews, he did such a great job. And just, I got to say, the visual of him on the carpet was like, yeah. Okay. uh-huh.
3: Really? Her, Can we yeah. see more of yeah. that
0: please? Like I I can't wait to see more of that part as of as the story. Like it seems like the Red Queen has history with everybody because she clearly doesn't like Alice for some reason. She wants you know she wanted Cyrus, you know, for whatever reason to get to Jafar. Jafar has his business with him. Like it all seems like it's all connected. Like she's yeah, I feel like she has a big role to play on this. Like that there's a lot I more to her too. than what you would think at first. Yeah.
3: And did you notice that she told Jafar in one of her rants? She said that she took Neverland. She and, you, and that's again a chess reference because you take the queen when you're playing chess. I'm wondering who she took Neverland from. I'm wondering if they're going to play it that she took it from the white queen or she took it from the queen of hearts, and that that's how we'll get into seeing Cora maybe in the second part uh, later on in the series.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> So I really hope that Cora makes an appearance on this show because she, I mean, I mean, she's got to. I hope that they can get Barbara Hershey back because that would be totally awesome. Like I, and obviously Sebastian Stan too as the Mad Hatter because he just does such a. Amazing job with that character every single time he's on yeah. the screen. It's just ridiculous. So as busy as he is, like I hope that they can make that happen because it was just totally awesome. What do you guys think of the Cheshire Cat being this big creepy tiger-like person who, spoiler alert, tried to eat Alice like in the tree? Like, what do you <laughs> guys think about that?
2: Mm. To cannibal <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, the but- cannibal. I knew. I always know that my, you know, my uh, cats always really want to do that in their fantasy world. So why not? Um, it, it was creepy. It was good. It made me go whoa. I will admit I don't know a lot about uh Alice in Wonderland so I just kinda of sat back and enjoyed the ride on it all. And um it, it uh that was just wild. Uh <laughs> and you know, it was so why not? You know, it's a cat. Of course the cat yeah. wants to kill everybody.
3: <laughs> it was definitely yeah. a twist because I mean typically I think I, I tweeted to Gabe Kuth, who plays uh Sneezy and Mr. Clark, and Once Upon a Time, we were talking about Once uh, About Wonderland, and he was asking what we thought, and somebody brought up the Cheshire Cat, and I love Cheshire Cat. Obviously, with collecting Alice, I have I'm staring at a Cheshire Cat right now as we speak, as a matter of fact, and uh, I I said, you know, typically I like my Cheshire Cat fat and fluffy and purple and voiced by Winnie the Pooh, as is in the original Alice in Wonderland cartoon, and they were the same voice, but I don't know. I think it, it could be interesting. Part of me that loves and wants to squeeze and cuddle a fat treasure cat is hoping that maybe he was under some kind of Red Queen spell and he's really not going to be eating people up through, throughout the episode. But if that's the twist they want to put on it, I'm I'm definitely interested to see what's going on with the cat. Yeah, that
1: yeah, would be I all right. It was just it's totally
0: creepy. It's... Yeah. Go ahead, Maury.
1: Uh, Well, anyway, I think Cheshire will be back to his old self as soon as Alice, you know, kind of kicks Red Queen's butt or Jafar and takes (laughs) back Wonderland and puts everything back in order. (laughs) Cheshire will be back to his nice little crazy self.
0: (laughs) Man, I'm telling you, like, that that cat was creepy. Like, that was the creepiest Mm -hmm. version of the Cheshire cat I think I've ever (laughs) seen. (laughs) Like but yeah. i mean, I thought it was so cute when he got shrank down. Don't get me wrong, but I was no. genuinely kind of creeped out like that thing was like big like a tiger like what what an <laughs> awesome difference like I loved it, I thought it was sick, and then, um just the whole thing with i i mean it's got a lot of potential, I think, I think it's a lot more than just a love story between Alice and Cyrus, obviously um
3: mm-hmm. I
0: mean it seems like there's a lot more going on. it just I agree with you, Amy, I think that there was just so much that they had to try and fit into the hour that I almost feel like, you know, I, I can't wait to see this week's episode because I wonder if it's going to be like, you know, I kind of felt like with Once Upon a Time, because I kind of felt with Once Upon a Time in the first season, it felt like the first and second episodes were like a two-part premiere to me. Like, if you watch right, the like two, of two of them back to part, back, right? it almost yeah, exactly. It almost seems like, if you watch them together, it seems like they're one cohesive episode. Like, they really go together really well, and I kind of wonder if that's the way that it'll be with Wonderland, too, that, you know, the second half of the pilot is coming, and that's where it's going to get a lot more serious, and and you'll see a lot more of what's going on, so yeah. I'm really excited. I think it has a lot of potential, and I know that, you know, I mean, it's kind of up against a really tough time slot with Big Bang Theory and a couple other things, but, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to give it a shot and watch all the way through the end, because... So far, it's got me. So, you know, I mean. And I don't think a lot of people
3: realize that it's meant to be, I think a lot of people are thinking this is going to be a several seasons long show the way that once is. But Wonderland, and you all know this, I don't know if our listeners do, Wonderland is designed to, it's almost like a mini series. It's only going to be for one season. The writers are seeing how this goes, and if this is great, then maybe next year, you know, we'll get Oz instead of Wonderland or something, which obviously somewhere there's Oz because multiple times they've referred to Poppy Dust and, uh, you know, Red Ruby
2: Slippers just this week yeah. in the episode. So, Yeah, they did, I mean, yeah, they did say there was twi- Yeah, that want. was twice.
3: Yeah, so obviously, I mean, but Wonderland is only for one season, so we're going to get a beginning, a middle, and an end, and everything that gets brought up is going to be resolved by the end, so it's not meant to be an ongoing thing so like i mean like i said it's almost like a mini series and i have actually seen the first 15 minutes of the next wonderland and i'm not going to you know give out spoilers but it seems like the pace is a little bit a little bit slower so we're not trying to rush and get so many details but we will see jafar we will see how the the whole thing came about with him getting from Agrabah to Wonderland. So mm-hmm. that that happens next week, yeah. or this week, actually, good. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's awesome. That's very exciting. I'm happy to, see, to hear that. So I'm going back to the Cheshire Cat for a minute. Um, Samantha Lee, who is one of our fellow staffers, is joining us in the chat room, and she is making the note on the Cheshire Cat that Alice said that Cheshire was looking pretty different, and he said that times were rough. So, you know, mm-hmm. that plays into what we were talking about earlier. Thanks for that comment there, Sam, because I did not catch that actually, so thank you for that. All right, so yeah, with Wonderland, you know, and how do you think it's going to work crossing over with Once, like, especially with, you know, Storybrooke, and we know um, you know, there is information about an upcoming episode of Wonderland that reveals um, the Nave of Hearts' history a little bit and Mm
3: -hmm. his
0: connections to the Enchanted Forest. I don't want to put any spoilers out there, but it is official. If you guys go to com, you can probably find it. So, um, yeah, there is a little bit coming on that. So, it's, But other than that, there's also the storybook connection at the beginning of Wonderland and everything Thank else. So is there any – I mean, and then we've got the Mad Hatter. Like, it's. I mean, it's very clearly connected to the show, but I also felt like it It was its own thing. It's very independent, not necessarily right. – it doesn't – you know, I mean, it's, you don't necessarily have to know what's going on, really. I mean, if you want to, I felt it was kind of like, well – what's going on on that part of it, and it would make me want to watch Once Upon a Time if I just watched Wonderland by itself, like,
3: mm-hmm. because
0: you kind of want to know where the rest of that stuff is coming from, like, what else right. is going and on And, you know, they, had, so, to, had, they had
3: to kind of set up Storybrook in the beginning, because, you know, remember the writers at this past Comic-Con were mentioning that that opening scene um, in Storybrook on Once Upon a Time, Wonderland, was actually supposed to be the day in season two when the raids came up to Oh, town, the raids showed up, Christina. right? Yeah. Right. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's weird that this series is gonna run concurrent with season two, but then I thought if they are, which they did mention that they want to get Barbara Hershey back, if they are going to get her back, they would have to have established that Wonderland is during season two and not season three because as we know, you know, in season three Cora is no longer on the show anymore. She's gone bye bye. So you know, they kind of had to <laughs> that timeline because season two is the only time when they could, you know, really get into the Queen of Hearts. So I feel like they that was probably a little bit of why they established that that's the specific timeline because right now, according to that timeline that we're on, Cora is still in Wonderland being the Queen of Hearts. But I want yeah, to process exactly, of that. exactly.
2: Right. <laughs> Um, I love that we got to see Ashley. I mean the poor girl, what's happened to her? She's you know as we we saw her get engaged in c n d and then she went to the Land Without Cameras, where Frederick and Abigail live, and it's so nice to it was so nice to see, so nice to see uh, Ashley back um yes. well, you know the Land Without Cameras is a happy world, you know they're having a lot of fun over there, but it's good to see oh Ashley, she's still hanging around, and I like that connection. I like seeing Ashley. And I um, liked the fact that um, uh, that uh, they showed some familiar things uh, with that, um, and and of course, as far as the timeline goes, we don't have to worry too much about it because when they're in um, Wonderland you know, uh, I kind of think of Yoda on Star Wars, you know, in motion the future always is, you know, that the timeline <laughs> can go <laughs> it can go all over the place they can do whatever they want uh, as far as timeline goes and, you know, pull a Narnia where they all come back and go, oh, it's only been a day and so uh, they they allow themselves a lot of leeway <laughs> with that um, and that's I true. Well, that was for great all we know clever. they'll end
0: up going to Narnia because, shoot, that's always a possibility too like the way that they yeah, like, but, you uh, never yeah. like one of those curtains in that hat might go there. You know, you never know. Who knows? All right, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about Wonderland. I think it has a, it's got a lot of potential. And all right, so now we've got about 15 minutes left. Um, maybe about 13 minutes left, I suppose. So is there anything else that anybody wants to talk about really quick? Like anything related to this episode? Not featured? Oh no, let's talk about next week's episode. The preview for that, right? It's supposed to be like a Rumpelstiltskin centered. You know, he's been kind of absent a little bit for the first part of, you know, it feels like he's been, you know, he hasn't had nearly as much of a presence as everybody else has had. And so next week's probably going to, to fix that. So I'm excited about that. The promo looks cool. He's with Neil. So father and son are together in Neverland. That's pretty cool. What, does anybody have any thoughts about that?
3: I think it's definitely a, a good thing that he's going to be back. And I mean, we in this past episode, we only saw him as Mr. Gold. So we have this entire day where we still are not sure what he's doing, other than walking around uh, Neverland with his baby doll. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what his plan is because I still all he said, you know, is that he's going to save Henry. He thinks it's going to mean his death. But we're not really sure how he's going to do that or what exactly is going to happen. So I'm definitely interested to see what's going on with him on
2: the island. And of course, yeah, remember, Rumble Silkskin isn't alone. He's got a vision bell to hang out with. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And good times. I was so happy to see Bell back. You know, I nearly burst into tears. Not quite. And she was wearing her um, skin-deep outfit. I think I cried about that because I missed seeing Belle kind of dressed uh, with a skirt that goes almost to her ankles. Uh, that was, um, and I and, and, uh, liked the rapport between the two of them. They kind of talked back and forth. It was kind of the Belle, uh, you know, I liked to see. So I kind of like Vision Belle. So I hope she stays in his head for a while before we mm-hmm. see her Back in uh, Storybrooke, where they've all been bungee <laughs> jumping and having fun, hanging out with Josh Holloway and uh, Ruby, and uh, all
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like Belle. Well, you know, well Ruby out, has so been busy like, hanging out, out with Doctor Whale.
0: Hopefully, that's what I want to happen at least. Like I want. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one of those shippers myself, so that's all I can say about that. I wanted Ruby to end up with Doctor Whale. I just thought that it made perfect sense after Child was, you know, after that episode where you know, he was having trouble operating on Greg Wendell. Oh, In the Name yeah. of the Brother, wasn't it? Yeah, that one? Yeah. yeah exactly. I was the just the like, brother. what a per- what a perfect couple. Like, that. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. Put them together. Like, that totally makes Frank sense. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it was
3: like... It's funny because we thought he was such a pervert before that. Like, we thought he was just some stevie guy macking on, you know, Ruby in that episode from yeah. before, the first season. I was like, wow, he's really smarmy. And then his Date is one night we were cursed stand with Snow, and, you know, he just seemed really smarmy and greasy and shifty. And then all of a sudden, in the name of the brothers came along, and I'm like, ah, oh, I love him. He used to hook it up to me Yeah, his. me too.
0: I agree. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm glad that you brought up Smoy, actually, because there's something that I want to talk about with that, too, between um, with when she said that she believed in Tink, right? Okay, so here was my yeah. here was kind of my thought on that. I thought that when she was telling Emma that she, you know, lived in a tree stump and, you know, Emma was all surprised and she was telling her about the history. I mean, I love that part, obviously, because, I mean, I've been looking for more for charming family development since the curse broke. So I was thrilled to, you know, have that conversation take place. But it was almost, what I found interesting was when Regina is sitting there telling Tink, like she rips her heart out, she's telling Tink to, you know, choose love and be a good person instead of being bad. I thought that was such an interesting parallel to her relationship with Snow White when she ripped out Mm -hmm. Snow's heart in that episode from season two and was just, like, so hateful. Like, Mm -hmm. she was totally being, like, motherly to Tinkerbell, right? And being, like, you know, make make the right choice here, make the right choice. She also kind of played that whole thing with Emma, too, and saying, hey, we can work together on magic. You know, she said the Operation Henry thing, which was so sweet. And then, you know, right. that whole thing, like, I just thought it was so interesting that in all of that, like, Regina actually is really good at being a mother and yet was did such a horrible thing with Snow White. Like, I thought it was just a great play on her character. Like, it was just such an interesting division for Regina. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought, I got to say, Lana Priya, her performance knocked it out of the park this week. Oh, I mean, yeah. she, I mean, not that she you never, I mean, happen. she always does, but this one was. Yeah. I mean... It was, that was something else. Like, that scene was some of the best stuff, I think, I've seen or seen. Like, since the, you know, in season two, the episode where she had to, you know, melt Daniel, so to speak, was horrible. And then later on in the cricket game, Emma was telling, yeah, and then when Emma was telling Henry that she had killed Archie and she hadn't and she's in the car crying, like, are you freaking kidding uh, me? like.
3: I cried for like, her. you know I was, what I mean. Like,
0: so like yeah, like they're her. like I think that this is one of Lana's probably best moments that she's done so far. So I mean, I was yeah. really impressed by that. I love that. I mean, I'm loving all the parallels that they're doing between different people because, like, also Henry's whole thing, right? Henry, we need to talk about oh, Henry. Oh my gosh, Henry was <laughs> yeah, like, awesome. He, Henry, yeah, because like he was awesome. Like, like and yeah,
2: yes, and yes. He 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 tried I tried was like Henry for the win. Yep. Yeah, he also said
0: my
3: favorite line this week. I think Henry is going to turn out a lot stronger than what what Pan thinks he is. Pan says he's not going to forgive Emma and all this. I think Henry, yes, Pan knows he has the heart of the truest believer, but I think he is going to prove that he's a lot stronger than what Pan thinks, and he will be strong enough to forgive and still love and still
2: believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, mean, no, I, I really right. love Jared was... Gilmore. Yeah. Jared Gilmore really, and a lot of people, um, absolutely, I think, don't appreciate that for um, for such a young actor, the range of emotions that he's had to show, you know, since the first season uh, have been great. Yeah. And I love that there was almost skepticism. He almost turned into Emma, his other mom, when when uh, Pan was saying, oh, you're the savior. And he was like, uh, really? Um, I'm (laughs) not so sure about that. He was was just
0: like Emma in that moment. Like, that is, yeah, exactly. Yes, he sounded just like his mom. I was like, oh, that, yeah, that totally played, yeah. Mm -hmm. That got me on. (laughs) Like, because the whole thing, too, because I love the whole, the metaphor of him, like, shooting the apple, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. obviously apples are Regina's thing, you know. I mean, the apple falling from the tree, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt like that whole contest was trying to get Henry to stop believing in his mom's and, you know, believing in his mother's. Cause it was like him shooting. Cause you know, apples are kind of almost like a heart too. So I thought that it was almost like and kind of, and it really paralleled with, you know, Regina ripping her heart out. Like, you know, if he gave up on, if he gave up and like shot the, like, I feel like if he had shot the apple, then he would have really kind of been under Pan's influence. And then that totally would have played into, you know, like r- basically ripping Regina's heart out because eventually he's not going to want to go home with her kind of thing. So I just thought like that, like the way that they're playing that is really, I'm, God, I love this show so freaking much. It's ridiculous. Okay. So um, <laughs> It's, like <laughs> I mean, it it's it really like, I'm sad, we only have, we only have five minutes left and I'm sad to say that because I could talk about the show probably for another half hour. Anyways. So um, the other thing too is I was with, t- you know, like, Pan talking about Henry saving magic and all of that, like, I'm wondering if, you know, since Snow White said that she believed in Tinkerbell, I wonder if Henry believing in Tink is what will, like, restore her wings and give her her magic back. Like, I really... I think
2: that's exactly what I was kind of wondering. Yeah.
0: That yeah, would
2: be yeah, right? Awesome. Like,
0: I was like, that's what I was thought, that's what was my immediate thought, like, oh, Henry has to believe in Tinkerbell and magic and really, be- he has to believe what Pan is telling him so that you know, fairy dust will return, or pixie dust will return, and Neverland will maybe go back to the way that it was. Because it has to play yes. in with the shadow, I think, too. Like, there's something with that. Like, there has to be something. that It all has to be connected, I feel like. So I just, yeah, yeah like, I'm stoked about the whole thing. Like, the way that it's going, you know, the potential for it. God, it's just, just, it's the best season, I feel like. I mean, the first season, obviously, <laughs> yes. was just cool. I mean, you know, season two, was it was kind of, it was kind of hit or miss, I feel for me, and I think with most of us too. But this season is like the show is back on form. I can't wait for every week again. Like it's it's back to what it was the first you know the first season. Like I'm I'm so happy with what they're doing with it right now. I feel like the show is totally back on its game.
3: I agree. Season three is really strong, and I think you're right. I think that Neverland probably used to be this Disney version, all happy and magical, and it's people have mm-hmm. not believing now, it's like a dark, scary, nightmare version of the island on Lost. So yep. Henry has to swoop in. I think that that's what he's there for. He, he Pan wants him to bring the island back to life, you know, make it what it once was so it's not this nightmare anymore.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, too, that it might be a good, whenever Henry starts believing the anything, it might be a good episode to do, like an audience Fan participation night or something. You know how, like in the book, mm-hmm. Peter Pan, you had to clap your hands if you believe in fairies to bring Tink back? That would be
0: so great. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, like that would like so, it's like the Friends theme song coming on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's like clapping. for. Oh my God, yes, I love it. Cause it's like, yeah. audience. Amori, that is such a great idea. Audience participation. <laughs> movie. That would
1: be so yes. great.
2: Yeah, we we'll right. do like Twitter, <laughs> like
1: I believe in Tink, or I believe in yeah, yeah. I believe in fairies and clap your hands and exactly like we can all do that kind of thing. <laughs>
2: I'm fans. all for that. Um, I wanted to uh, say just a little bit of honorable mention to uh, Felix. He is a. awesome. Oh, that's I, good, yeah. a for sure. I'm just start a cult around this man, uh, this character. Um uh, he's great and I was kind of glad that you know Henry went for Pan and not for Felix cuz I'm like, man, we want to keep Felix around. Yeah. I, I've started a you know kind of shift in that character. I think that he's a great kind of uh, lost boy uh and he's awesome that's just all I can say uh, I love that scene and I just love how Felix is just you know even if they have to kill him off that you know I understand but man I hope he goes out the oh. way the glory
0: <laughs> alright guys um, just gotta wrap it up the conversation we have only about a minute and a half left so we gotta wind things down for now uh, I want to thank, um, obviously, my co-hosts tonight, um, Amy, Teresa, Maury. Thank you guys very much for being on the line and contributing your thoughts to the discussion. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be doing this again next week for everybody who's listening. Um, on Tuesday, again, at the same time, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's going to be the same address, uh, blogtalkradio.com, fans. Um, so here in our last minute, I uh, just want to you know, tell everybody bye, and uh, next week we'll be discussing a little bit of our countdown to Once Upon a Fan going to Enchanticon next month, um, and also our charity event that we're doing in December with Henry's storybook and a couple of other option items that we have going on. So that's going to be it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for our first podcast. Anybody want to say bye and all that stuff before we go? Thank bye.
1: you. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so yeah, Stay easy in cyberspace, the... everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll see
0: us. And then, of course, we will have, uh, as per usual, we'll have all of our you know, our staff roundtables and everything online. For these um, staff members that did not appear on tonight's show, we have our written portion going on over there, too. So you can hear Gareth, Lori, Laura, Chris, everybody else. So we'll be over there. Thank you very much for listening to our show. That's it, everybody. Have a good night. Good night.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs>